Hey y'all, it's Nathan Resnick from Sourceify, and today we've got another epic guest on e-commerce on tap. This is a show about the entrepreneurs, creators, and agencies that make up the e-commerce world and the stories behind how they grew. Crack your brew because here comes another amazing episode. Hey, what's up, listeners? Today we have Taz joining us on e-commerce on tap, brought to you by Sourceify. Taz, thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. And, you know, I really want to start by just asking, how's the day going? Where are you, where are you based out of today? I am based in Boston. The day is going amazing. I couldn't ask for a better day, honestly. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, really before we get into e-commerce, and I know you're, you know, one of the Amazon experts out here in the world that's selling a ton of different products through that marketplace. We always like to understand, you know, how people got into e-commerce. Can you kind of walk us through your process? You know, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? And what was the first time, you know, when you heard about e-commerce? Sure, definitely. So I am based, oh, I was born in London and now based in the US, but I had my start there. I was born and raised in the UK, hence the accent that I'm hoping, hoping people can recognize because I'm <laughs> losing it. So I'm trying to emphasize it now. It's the one thing I have, you know, bringing from the UK. So yeah, I was born and raised there and I moved over here a couple of years ago and actually my journey in e-commerce, I only started very recently. So I've always been entrepreneurial, but I've always had some kind of block that hasn't made, let me take this next step of creating my own business. So then back a couple of years ago, or about a year and a half ago, I decided that, hey, I need to do something now. So I was starting to build a social media marketing agency. And everyone's heard of Ty Lopez, and Ty Lopez had a course. And then so I was like, hey, this seems like it's interesting. It's something I can do. This is it. I'm going to go and start working on this. And then at roughly the same time, probably about a few weeks after I started that course, a friend of mine told me about Amazon and retail arbitrage at the time was the business model that my friend was using. And so he just told me exactly what he did, the processes he went through. And I said, hold on a second. You do this and you just made $40,000 in December, right? You just, wow. was like, hold on a second, I'm in the wrong game here. So I promptly refunded the, the, the Ty Lopez course and started my uh-huh. own retail arbitrage journey and sold my first thing on Amazon in January of 2017. Got it. That's incredible. And, and you know, I think you've really been creating a name for yourself in the industry fast. I mean, few people can scale up and grow like that. I got to ask, though, because I'm sure some listeners are wondering, you know, how was that Ty Lopez course? You know, we've all seen him around uh, on the internet and, you know, he's one of the biggest internet marketers in the world. How was the course? I mean, was it good? Well, <laughs> so the the course was kind of in a beta, so I can't be too harsh on it, but I didn't really feel like there was much structure. I didn't really know how to go from A to B to C, and then this is how I was going to get a customer and generate revenue. It was very kind of fluffy and I didn't like that. I wanted to have kind of a clear structure and if I work hard, I could figure this thing out and obviously, you know, use some of my intelligence at the same time, but it wasn't clear to me exactly how I took this concept to a full, fully fledged business. Mm-hmm. That was my challenge with it. Got it. That's, that's incredible. I mean, that kind of just, I think that goes to show some of the dynamics behind these courses where, you know, you buy a course and you still have to put in the work. You know, the course doesn't run the business for you. It doesn't grow the business for you. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's one thing being able to just do the work and actually get a result out of it. But it's another thing to actually have difficulty understanding a concept because it's not explained to you correctly. And, you know, there are right. tons of people putting out courses. There are so many Amazon courses out there. It's incredible. And I'm sure very soon someone will be partnering with me to build an Amazon course that there are very few good ones out there. There are very few that actually right. will take you step by step on exactly what you need to do. And then literally, if you follow the steps, you will be successful. I mean, that's the dream, right? That's the entrepreneurial dream. That's what people are looking for. But unfortunately, very few examples of those types of courses are out there. Definitely. That makes sense. I mean, so walk us through because a lot of listeners are people that are just starting out. There's listeners that are doing, you know, eight figures a year in sales already. But for people that are trying to get started on Amazon and you got started fairly recently here, what was those first you know, steps? What were the first steps that you took? get started selling i mean obviously you have to pick a product but besides that that process of picking a product you know what was it like getting set up on amazon for the first time yes yeah, so i'm actually going to take a there are different business models you can use to sell on amazon and the first business model i just mentioned was retail arbitrage and that was the first thing i got into now you can do the three main business models are retail arbitrage online arbitrage or, or let's call it four Retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, wholesaling, and then private label. So private label is the business model I'm in now, and it's my chosen, I think, the best business model, in my opinion. Uh, but when you when I started, mm-hmm. I was literally going around, driving around, not even driving because I don't have a car, but I was going around to stores, buying stock at a discounted mm-hmm. price, using gift cards, using all these different tactics to buy things that I could read. for a profit and that's what i use to help generate some of some revenue and some income and basically a bank because i knew that eventually i wanted to go and start my own private label business so starting out it's you need to have some cash flow like it's really tough if you if you don't have at least i mean at least five thousand dollars spare and you're having to risk that on a product uh, you need to figure out a way to generate to get that money before you start private label. Because really it's it's so challenging now compared to say two or three years ago where you could just go on Alibaba, order something for $1 and sell it for 15 and you're making a load, load of profit. It's amazing. It's a, there, those opportunities right. don't really exist anymore. So you have to be smart. You have to think right. about how you're going to differentiate that product. Are you going to turn this into a brand? Totally. And think about real business overall. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible how you hustled your way up to a private label you know, business because a lot of people you know, either start by drop shipping or they start, you know, just trying to get money from friends and family. And you actually went out and went to different retail shops around the area and bought products and resold them for a profit. I mean, that's pure hustle right there. You know, that's pure just just taking and, and executing on a concept and bringing it to life. And now, you know, you've grown quite a bit. I mean, that's amazing. So right now on Amazon, you know, where do you see the the, the, the trends? Like, for example, where if you were going to start selling in a new product category, walk us through that process. Cause you know, a lot of listeners are more focused on Shopify right now and they're interested in starting to sell on Amazon. You know, walk us through that process of starting in a new product category and, and, and trying to rank these products for certain keywords. Like what would be your process and how do you think Amazon's algorithm is really made up right now? You know, what's really pulling and pushing the algorithm right now? Okay. Lots of questions. I'll start with, the categories and what like where, where where you start i mean 
lots of people say, hey, you need to be really passionate about what you're selling and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, to a, to a point that's true, if it's going to be the rest of your entire life. But really what you want to find are profitable products. And there are lots of tools out there, are lots of different ways to find products. But that's always a way, uh, kind of the first stepping stone that people go through to figure out whether where they need to sell, what they need to sell. And from a category perspective, I mean, every most categories are competitive. Like pets, one mm-hmm. of the most, they're one of the most competitive home and kitchen outdoor i mean you can name it there's competition everywhere so really it's what's your brand vision because when you start with a product and then you know what the next set of pipeline products you you have next set of products you have in a pipeline are that are going to make that Mm -hmm. product that's when that's when like the snowball starts to form and and you start to get this massive ball starting to roll because when you have one product and then you can cross sell that product with another product and then the third product and then accessories with another product, that is really the key. And that is how, for example, for me, I'm building an arts and crafts brand and the products are interrelated. So if somebody buys one of these products, they can buy another one. And I think that's one of the biggest keys of being successful rather than having three or four completely disparate and unrelated products, you're thinking about building a brand. And by doing that, in the long term, like I have a view to exit. Like I treat this as a right. this is turning into my life. It is my life. And eventually I will want to exit and do something different or something else, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But that's that's the plan. So you, you were asking about launching and ranking products. Again, that Yeah, I mean, you know, people ask all the time about how Amazon changes up its algorithm to rank products. And you know, for you being on on, on the ground floor and you know, obviously being an active seller right now. How have you gone about ranking products? And, you know, if you can dive into your strategy behind some of these products, that'd be awesome. Sure. So Amazon's algorithm, 89 algorithm, does change. It changes fairly regularly. But what I think people get scared when they say, oh, this algorithm has changed. I mean, the basic rules will always apply. You know, you launch a product, right. you, set, you make a certain number of sales, depending on the category, and you, know, you still have to do some analysis. If you make a certain amount of sales, you're going to rank well for that particular keyword in that category, in that for that area, right? So there's not it's not that difficult to figure out how that should work, and changes right. tend to be minor. Like something will change, right? Some Amazon will put maybe they'll put some more emphasis on your seller feedback for some reason, or higher emphasis on the first negative review or the number of negative reviews you have, whatever it is. But essentially. The, the base of this algorithm is sales velocity. So you get a product, you end up making more sales on average and say the top 10 cust- uh, products in that category for that keyword, you're going to rank highly mm-hmm. for it. I mean, it's basic. It's really, that's ge- genuinely how it is. So then what you have to figure out is how do you go and generate those sales? And the biggest challenge is really then how do you stick? So if I break that all down for you, the first thing is you need to do is obviously you have your product and you need to get reviews because go and push right. that product up to page one and you're surrounded by products that look similar yet have hundreds more reviews than you, you're going to find it very tough to stay in that position because social proof, mm-hmm. if I see a product that's four and a half stars that has a hundred reviews and I see a product that's five stars that has five reviews, I'm 100% going for the tried and tested product, right? Why would you not? Right. You're risky otherwise. So, First thing yeah. is get reviews, and and there's different ways of doing it. But I mean, most of the time, it's when you start. There's Amazon has an early review program, first of all, where you can get a set of reviews through them. Mm-hmm. Most legitimate way and best way to do it. But people still do family and friends. 
use right. people around to get a few reviews together. And then you can start running PPC as well as trying to launch the product. And then you will start right. that rank because it doesn't take much, right? Actually, people sometimes as well, when you have this big disparity in number of reviews, people think, oh, I'm going to have no chance to be successful in this niche. Right. But if you do make, if you have some kind of differentiation with your product and it looks a little better in different ways, there are people who will go for it. It's not everyone right. who's only going to go for the one with the best reviews, even if it looks a bit worse. Some people are going to say, hey, that looks interesting. Totally. Maybe I'll right. pick that up. Yeah, and there's just so many shoppers on there that you've got a lot of options. I've got to ask, kind of going off this you know, review-based ranking that you're talking about, what do you think of uh, a viral launch? You know, and, and I know they have a launch system. Have you used it or have you had friends that have used it? And you know, what are your thoughts on it? So Casey is a good friend of mine. And I, I met him last year when we were in China together on, on one of these sourcing trips. And I really believe in viral launch and everything they do. Uh, it's an amazing platform. And that is one of the ways that you can launch your product. And it's essentially, that's part, that's only a small part of what Viral Launch does though, right? They do, they have like product research, they have keyword tools, they have uh, right. auto service, all that kind of stuff. But they're, initially they were known for these launches, right? And that still happens where they will help you get the sales velocity you need to actually go and rank your product. And that's, totally. it's a basic uh, premise right is you just need to go and make sure you get those sales we sell you sell them at a discounted rate and get that but then what you again what you need to do is if you use them for photos or listing optimization that's where you really need that uh, differentiation that's where you have to be perfect because anyone can launch a product anyone can right. hey, i'm going to put this up and and i've seen terrible products with almost no reviews who are launching and I'm, uh, and I'm like thinking to myself, why? Like, why are you doing this? You're just wasting money because there's no way this will stick, or the right. images are bad, or something is just off with the listing and it can't compete. So, but yeah, I mean, sometimes there di- yeah. again, there's different ways to launch. You can use Facebook ads as well. It's one of the things mm-hmm. I've used in the past. That mm-hmm. uh, Launch is definitely a wonderful tool with lots of different benefits. Yeah, I've got to bring up because you know we work you know, somewhat closely with viral launch with different content marketing partnerships and with jungle scout as well. Um, I know there's a lot of overlap between viral launch and jungle scout. You know, is there like, what's the difference that you see in the two tools or is it just two different brands? I mean, is there any like main distinctive differences that you see? Well, I think is just big. I think they do lots of different things as well as the similar things to jungle scout. So, Jungle Scout was primarily a, you know, a product research tool. That's pretty much, right. it. and I haven't honestly, I haven't gone back to see what's changed much. I know the UI has been updated, but I definitely use them. I used to use them a lot, and then Viral Launch came out with a couple of tools like Market Intelligence to help you rate products and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to bias towards Viral Launch more because I've seen. I mean, I've seen it myself. I don't know where Jungle Scout is right now, but I've seen it myself in the past with my own products. And I see the sales numbers on both, and I'm like, this is why is this so far off than Junk Scout? And because right. I know, I know Casey, and we've spoken about this in the past about how how much they how much depth they go into in the math behind the algorithms and how they figure out, hey, well, if someone's doing a launch, we need to account for this spike here and look at the trading ninety days or whatever it is, so we have the right number of sales in terms of the estimate. And that's super important when you're choosing a product. You can choose the entirely wrong product if you're and revenue or your sales numbers are off because you could totally. think 
something is generating a ton of sales and then you go and buy the product and launch yourself like hold on a second what's happened to this just because right and it's all in the data i mean that's really what it is and that's honestly that's what viral launch are they're a data company you can't say anything bad about jungle scout though I, i'm sure that tools are really good still uh, i just yeah. know i just know the details of viral launch so i can talk more more about it because i know how often they update their algorithms you know they do it daily so it. I, I trust the data a lot yeah, that's awesome. What do you see? You know, one of the things that we see at Sourceify, because we're manufacturing for hundreds of different companies, and uh, we've seen this trend where retailers or, or, excuse me, marketplaces like Amazon are starting to expand their own private label brands. You know, Amazon started obviously with Amazon Basics. Now they do their own athletic apparel and shoes and a few other products. What do you think this means for third party sellers? I mean, it's got to be kind of scary for a third-party seller that's trying to compete against Amazon products. It's definitely a challenge. And the first thing, you know, whenever, whenever anyone asks me about product sourcing and they show me a product and I do a bit of research on it and I see that Amazon is selling the same thing, just don't. Don't waste your time selling that because it's Amazon's house, right? You're in Amazon's home. They're going right. to push their own rankings for their own products and do whatever they want to make sure that their products sell. But the thing is, I don't see it as a bad thing because there is so much opportunity. It's ridiculous. Like, of course, competition has increased, right? Of course, there are way more sellers, but there's also way more customers. There are far more prime customers coming onto the platform that want different things. So there's a abundance of opportunity on the platform so i know people have said oh my god it's so hard to do this amazon killed reviews you can't launch you can't do this but i mean um, it's almost i feel like it's the opposite with from my purview at least with the amount of that's out there and the number of new products that keep getting added to amazon and the number of new customers that come on it'd be a very different story if the number of prime members were starting to decline and you know we saw less traffic on amazon but then more on then i'd be like oh okay now there's a problem right the book yeah well i wonder i mean you've probably looked at the numbers it's, it sounds like the growth of the buyer community is growing more than the than the seller community i don't know the exact numbers in terms in the relation of both i just know that they're both growing at an incredible rate and the other thing is about the growth of sellers though so it is definitely tougher you have to be a bit smarter when you're selling now and what that does is, though, it roots out some of the people who are just doing this for fun. You know, the guys who would be able to buy something from Alibaba for a buck and then sell it for right. 15 and that's it. And they, right. a lot of those guys are disappearing, too, because now right. it's tougher and you have to actually have to build a team around you if you really want to be successful in this, potentially. And those guys aren't in it for that. Yeah. Where do you see this all heading? I mean, within the next five years, I mean... People are continuing to buy online more often, and, and retailers are also going direct to factories. So, cutting out these wholesalers, is it going to be this you know market where there's just a ton of of kind of smaller sellers and keep people competing on these big marketplaces, or are there going to be other avenues? I mean, have you explored other avenues, or are you solely focused on Amazon right now? Most of my attention is on that is on Amazon right now for sure. I am building my own Shopify store to. Make sure I'm not only on Amazon. I do want to diversify myself just because, again, it's Amazon's mm -hmm. playground. They can do whatever they want, right? There's no... Right. But I think I remember seeing this stat recently that online sales still only account for 10% e-commerce. is that, You must know this number. What's the number? Yeah. Yeah, it's 10% it's is what I heard too. It's crazy how like small it still is. 
and we're talking about it like it's this massive beast, yet there's still so much room for growth. So I, I see that continuing onwards. And, but I also see there being opportunities, opportunities in retail because there's always going to be people who want to go to stores to see things and buy things. And I know mm-hmm. I have friends who launched products on Amazon and then got licensing deals and then got those products into retail. Mm, so got it. I think it's going to go both ways, but there's definitely massive growth still to come on e-commerce. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a friend, Chad, who runs a tool called uh, Scubana. And Scubana, you know, is an incredible tool that enables you to sell products across channels very effectively across all sorts of marketplaces. And I feel like that's a great option for sellers that are looking to diversify, right? Definitely. And I'm actually going to have Chad on my podcast. If you guys didn't know, I have a podcast called The Amazon Entrepreneur, where I focus on my journey and how I've how I'm going through the whole Amazon selling process so you can learn from me. But then I also interview some of the biggest sellers. Gonna have this guy on to talk about <laughs> a little bit because it's it's really not just about Amazon. And it's really about understanding the entire e-commerce space because no one wants to be boxed into a single platform. As awesome and great as Amazon is, I will definitely want to be wildly successful here, but I do also want to diversify. It's a huge part of running any kind of business. It's definitely a risk, and I see it as a risk to only have to have all my eggs in just the Amazon basket. Right, totally. I mean, that's that's really the beauty of the ecosystem, right there. Is there's so many amazing people to learn from, and you know, I think one of the things that I'm realizing, you know, in our e-commerce journey, and you know, for me personally as an e-commerce seller, not just through Sourceify, is that you know, our every e-commerce company's supply chain directly reflects their business and their marketing, in, in the sense that if you can you know, cut your unit costs and, and produce your products for less than your competitors, then you have more leeway to acquire a customer. Like if you can spend more to acquire a customer and stay profitable, and you can basically beat out your competitors because, you know, your your unit costs are going to directly reflect what you can spend to acquire a customer. You know, that's got to be worked into your margin. And so I think it goes hand in hand with this digital marketing world and, you know, how you're running traffic to your Amazon listings or Shopify store. You know, a lot of people don't realize how cutting their unit costs by, you know, 10 or 20 percent will directly reflect their their uh, ability to acquire customers as well. That's really, really true. And then that that also comes into, hey, well, what type of product do you want to source and at what price point? Because it's another advantage of sourcing a product that you can sell for a bit more because, you know, these 15, 20 dollar products, uh, maybe they're small, light and easy to source and easy to ship in and sell a whole ton of volume of, but if you want to take that outside of Amazon, the cost per lead is a lot higher, right? Because on Amazon, the traffic's mm-hmm. free. If you got warm traffic coming in, great, they're going to buy this stuff. But if you choose to diversify, right. you're going to have to do a bit of work. You're going to have to run your AdWords campaigns and maybe Facebook and whatever it is, but the cost to acquire exactly as you say will make a big difference. So not pushing down those unit costs and then actually being able to have a higher selling cost, uh, value will really, really help. Terms of being able to invest more, more money into getting those leads, and it not cost mine so much. Totally. So you know, wrapping up here, Taz. One of the last questions that I like to ask is, you know, what's been the most influential or, or, or you know, biggest advice that you've gotten from someone else that you'd like to pass on? I mean, what would you tell a listener right now that's trying to scale up or that's starting to sell on Amazon? You know, what would you leave them with? Wow, that's a really tough question because I've had so much amazing advice. Um, but I think the I think it, the source of this whole thing comes from actually getting started. 
I think you probably have a ton of listeners who are hopefully really successful, but I think you have people who are thinking about it or are maybe dabbling. And my, my message to those people who are maybe on the fence and just thinking about, hey, do I start this now? When's a good time for me to get into this? The time is now. There's never been a better time to be and create an e-commerce business. There are so many tools out there. There's so much automation. You don't have to code anymore to build a website. I mean, now is the time. So just take the leap. I keep, I say this <laughs> very often on my own podcast is just take the leap, take the jump. And once you're in, you're going to figure it out and you do the right things, talk to the right people, get the right mentors, do everything right. And really are setting yourself up really well to be successful. That's amazing. I, I 100% agree. And, and Taz, thank you so much for coming on. If people want to find out you know, more about you or get in touch, how can they uh, contact you? If you go to tazasan.com, that's T-A-Z-A-H-S-A-N, you will find a terrible website that's currently being updated, but you'll also find my, a link to my podcast. You can also search iTunes for the Amazon Entrepreneur. It's on Stitcher and Spotify as well, but that's the best place to find me. You can always send me questions through my website too. Amazing. Thanks so much for your time, Taz. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We are always excited to have you here listening in. That's another episode of e-commerce on tap brought to you by Sourceify. If you guys ever have e-commerce questions, specifically on the supply chain side of things, how to manufacture products, how to cut costs, feel free to reach out to us. And thanks again for tuning in and look out for the next episode. And there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to e-commerce on tap. If you could like, subscribe, tell a friend, really spread the word about the information we're getting out there. That would be much appreciated. Also, if you have any manufacturing questions or need help with your manufacturing, feel free to reach out to Sourceify for the fastest growing manufacturing platform, helping hundreds of companies produce products around the world. Thanks again and have a great one.